take a big old swig of this before we start. <laughs> it's not wine, I promise. <laughs> Welcome to the I Give F1 podcast. My name is Allison. And I'm Lynette, and we're here to talk about the latest news in Formula One. Hey, Lynette. Hi, Allison. How are you doing? Good. What have you been up to since our last upload? <laughs> it went by so fast, I feel like. We're already Did recording it? another episode. So much has gone on. Yes, I know. It's It's been a crazy week. Lots of news coming in from... Just this week between car launches and preseason, I think we have such a great episode for you guys coming up because there's just too much. There's too much to talk about. <laughs> there is. And then we also have the last two cars that um, showcase their livery. So we need to talk about that, see what we think about how they look. Yes, absolutely. Well, one of the things I did want to bring up before we started was... I actually got to watch Full Swing on Netflix, which is about PG. It's about the PGA Tour. It's basically the same concept of Drive to Survive, but with golfers. And oh man, I thought it was so cool. So basically, I, I was thinking about the way that it's like, I would, the way that I watch it now, being a PGA fan versus the way that I watch Drive to Survive, having never heard or seen anything in Formula One before, coming from the perspective of like being a fan of golf and watching it versus like not being a fan of Formula One and then watching it and becoming a fan. It was really cool because it just gave you like different perspectives. And what I will say is Drive to Survive obviously tops it for me. Like I still love Drive to Survive, but I full swing gave you, it's really, it kind of reinvigorated my excitement for golf. Did you find it to be pretty accurate? It didn't really renew anything for me, although there were like some characters on full swing that I hadn't heard before, heard of before. And I realized how much I absolutely adore them. And I'm like, okay, I got to get back (laughs) into golf again. Um, So I think, I think for me, full swing was like, it's it's really, really good. So I would suggest if you guys haven't seen it, go out and watch it. Let us know what you think. But um, yeah, I'm a Joel Damon fan now. So <laughs> um, I found a couple new players that I didn't realize were so awesome. And um, he actually, he lost his mom to cancer. We found out he's just this like really interesting character who like, He's very self-deprecating in a sense that, like, he always makes fun of himself. Like, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Kind of like a Ricardo, Mm -hmm. but you realize through his story how much he's been through. Like I said, his mom died of cancer. He actually got testicular cancer and is a survivor. So, and he just recently had his first child, and he's just so cool. So, Anyway, that was my update from the week. I watched Full Swing like almost every night with my husband. So how did, did you think it was pretty accurate the way they portrayed it or? Yeah, I do. I will. So I don't know if you've heard of the Live Tour. Have you heard of the Live Mm. Tour? Okay. So PGA has always been kind of this monopoly for golf. Anytime you want to play golf professionally, you go to the PGA Tour. Whereas, you know, if you drive cars and you want to drive professionally, you've got NASCAR, you've got Indy, you've got, um, you know, Formula One. There's all these different groups that do different types of driving, but it's it's still the same thing. It's driving a car, right? Um, If you're a golfer versus a driver, the PGA Tour is all there is. So Live LIV Tour, they're backed by Saudi Arabia and they essentially want to they they stole players from the PGA mm-hmm. Tour and put them in their organization and they essentially don't play for wins. I mean they play for wins, but in in PGA Tour you win a tournament and you win money. In the Live Tour you play and you make money. So you're not even, 
you don't get paid for winning, if that makes sense. And this show is about the live tour, not PGA. It's so oh, it God. is a it's it's interesting because it's like a dynamic of the two. It's showing last year as being like, you know, really the most dramatic season in PGA tour history that the live tour is now coming in. So it shows, you know, all of your PGA tour events and your players, but then it also shows kind of like the back behind the scenes of these players that are getting recruited by live and it shows the drama between the two and how, you know, certain golfers are like, no, I would never even entertain it. Others are like, well, I'm at this point in my career where, you know, a nice paycheck sounds great for me and my family. But then there's this controversy around, you know, Saudi Arabia and their government and how they treat, you know, women and all this stuff. So it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of drama, whereas usually in PGA, there's no drama. It's usually just like cut and dry every week you've got a golf tournament and someone wins. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was an interesting, interesting first season. I wonder what they're going to do as time goes on, because there's just not as much drama as there is in Formula One, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Well, you know, Netflix, they'll find it. So, (laughs) oh yeah, you've got to watch it. It's, it's great. Um, Anyway, so that's, (laughs) That's my little spiel on full swing, but I got to watch that. I thought it was really nice, a really nice documentary. Not not as great as Drive to Survive, but definitely awesome. Recommend it. And I guess with that, we'll get into the news um, of these car launches. All right. So we ended up, we ended off last time with Ferrari on their launch. Mm -hmm. And so we had Mercedes and Alpine. So Mercedes launched their car the next day. And um, I was actually surprised. We had talked about how we thought it was going to be pretty much the same silver, maybe just a little bit of red. And so when I saw the car, I was kind of surprised that they went with the all black. Oh my gosh, this car. I could not even believe my eyes when I saw it. I was like, (laughs) what? Um, Because we were so set. I was like, oh, I heard it's going to be more whatever. I I don't even remember what I had heard, but was like, oh, I heard there's going to be a lot more red. And it was like, it was black. We're yeah. back to black. It's like full on black. I love it. You I love, love it. it. I think it's sleek. I love the Nikki Lauda touch. Mm-hmm. Um, with the I know. Red. It's funny. I was like, where's the star? Because I said that star was going to be there <laughs> all the time. Yes. Yes. It's, I thought it looks really good. What do you think? So I'm a little bit torn. Like, I like it. I think it looks really nice. I, when they first revealed like their their all black car in 2020. I thought it looked really nice. Sick. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a fan of the silver, right? I really mm-hmm. liked it. Um, so I, I feel like this time, if it wasn't for the neon colors that they added, which um, last year Lewis had his numbers, like he had the yellow neon and this time they added it in Georgia's car. So I yeah. feel like if it wasn't for that touch, it wouldn't be like as nice because then it's just like a plain black car and really all it is is just like the top strip has the paint True. and everything else is, is the carbon fiber so I feel like yeah. the neon is what really makes it and I so I compared it with the 2020 car and I like the 2020 car a lot better because it had um on the back it still had a little bit of the silver and like faded into the black mm-hmm. but it was still mostly black so Comparing those two, I like the other car better. And then just like thinking about it, I'm like, I feel like it's not, I mean, it's just a plain black car, but then like with the neon colors and stuff, I think that's what really make it, makes it, if it didn't have it, then I don't think I would like it as much, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, after, you know, after all that, I think it's still maybe top five, top three of all the deliveries. So, but, um, like it makes me wonder if like the FIA or the sponsors, if they're going to start doing something with, you know, like, oh, you need to have this amount of paint on the car. Because I feel like, you know, anytime the, the teams try to go around the rules, the yeah. FIA, FIA steps in and they're like, nope, you can't do that anymore. So with all the teams using so much of the carbon this year, I wonder like how that's, if that's going to change or not. Because I mean, Mercedes just pretty much like, let's go go all carbon pretty much so it worked to their advantage because yeah. they've done it in the past and I think people wanted to see the all black car again and so having the option to do you know the carbon fiber and just mm-hmm. and mainly there's that. no silver on there this year so yeah 
But it's yeah. nice. It's a nice looking car. Yeah, for sure. And I also I definitely wonder think how the cars are going to look, you know, like the night races, like under the lights. It oh, always yeah. has like that really nice shine. So I wonder now with less of the paint, less of that shine, like how it's going to, how they're going to look. Yeah. I mean, I personally am a colory, colorful girl myself. Mm -hmm. I like to see a lot of color. I I will say it stunned me. I loved it. I think it's really cool. It's fresh. It's a new start for them from last year. Last year was such a thorn in everybody's side at Mercedes. <laughs> you know, they just were not performing the way that they wanted to. And especially after coming off of a year like 2021 where Lewis almost had the championship, I think they really just wanted to start fresh, start new, have a new slate. And I'm happy for them that they went in this direction with the black livery. I really like it. It's so for me, as far as cars go, it's top three for sure. Mm -hmm. I love, I love it. Just my, my opinion, but, um, I definitely think that, you know, we'll, we're going to see an improvement hopefully this year with Mercedes and Ferrari you know, competing against Red Bull and why not do it with, you know, a fresh start. So hopefully we'll see, but that's, that's how I feel about the livery. And then, you know, next up we have Alpine, which was a total surprise as well. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? So they did their two cars again this year. They're going to use um, one of the liveries for the first three races. And that one is right. an all paint car. And then the other one looks Pretty similar to what they had last year with the blue and the pink. This time they just added more black. So it's like blue, black, and then pink. Mm -hmm. um, I prefer the pink one much better. Um, yeah. I don't like the combination of the blue, pink, and black. Like it just, I feel like that color combination isn't very. It's jarring. Yeah. To me. And yeah. I think the pink looks much nicer. Um, I liked it when they had. Uh, Remember the pink Mercedes back then. So I'm a fan of the the pink car. So yeah, I'm I'm a girly girl. I love a pink color on a car. <laughs> so if if they're gonna do the the all pink livery for the first three races, I will be a happy girl. I mm -hmm. love I love it pink. So, but uh, what would you say that it hits in your rankings of cars now that you've seen both the Alpine and the Mercedes? Um. Well. The Alpine, I don't think, is very high up there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just still not a fan well, of it. Well, it's just not, there wasn't much to it, especially mm -hmm. like the launch itself. There wasn't much to the launch. Yeah. And I watched, we've seen I the livery the before. Um, I happened to be on uh, online and I got the notification for the launch. So I was like, oh, okay, let me put it. And sorry, but it's like a little bit boring. <laughs> Once they, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm, you know, I've already watched this long. I'm going to wait till the car comes out. And then once the car came out, I was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely did not catch my attention. Like it was just, it was like video after video of their different cars. And I don't know, it just didn't do it for me, but that's how, yeah. that's how they are. So how most car launches are. Yeah. Lackluster, I would mm -hmm. say. I thought it was interesting that Mercedes had Schumacher there. I feel like they are really, you know, favoring him as far as a, most reserve drivers in the past. I don't feel like they usually have them as at the front, uh, as at the forefront as Mick. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting too. But I would say both launches in general didn't really do it. I thought still as far as like the full launch was concerned ferrari did an amazing job having having their launch mm -hmm. in italy in front of their fans and then i i still think alpha towery was kind of a cool lead up mm -hmm. and yeah, at the top. and also uh both the mercedes and the alpine had their car leaked <laughs> yes so alpine had I, it, like i think the day before maybe even two days before they had the the one of the cars the one with the blue um, yeah. And then Mercedes also had their car leaked by like minutes Petronas. before, right? Mm -hmm. While well, they were doing a, a test on the live feed. So <laughs> I feel like a, quite a few cars this year had, had leaks. Yeah, we had some technical issues for sure. Just like we had in this podcast know, recording right? this morning. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, this time not as bad, but yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Let's see how it turns out. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go ahead and get into all of the news? I mean, I, that concludes our car launches, and I. Just all I have to say is, you know, I was excited for some, 
totally unimpressed by others. <laughs> a little totally disappointed. Surprised. Okay, so let me know your top three or top five. Okay, top three would have to be. Oh man. Ah, this is tough. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say top three would have to be Alfa Romeo. Still, I still love Alfa Romeo's livery. Mercedes, and then Ferrari, based off of the launch. Although I know Ferrari didn't change their livery all that much, I still love the Ferrari on the tail wing. Like that—that mm-hmm. that was really cool to me. Yeah. So I think just yeah, with that so touch, they—they they take it. So yeah. I'm gonna go. I feel like I have a tie between a couple. Um, so I like. Obviously Mercedes, and I also like Aston Martin, so I feel like I'm going to put them as a tie. Okay. Um, maybe I'll put them at fourth since they're tied. <laughs> but I also like the Alpha Tauri. Um, I think that like every time I see it, I'm like, oh, okay, I like I like that pop of red on there. Or maybe because it just made such a difference from last year that I feel like, oh, they improved it. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to go with Red Bull just because I think their livery is always really nice I like the colors I like that yellow I I I like the way that yellow pops on there and then Ferrari so Ferrari Red Bull you switched from last week I feel like you had to let the Red Bull soak in huh yeah (laughs) I mean it's still nice it just was um you know the same thing again but they always have such a nice I like I just like the colors and I think it always looks nice yeah well I am very impressed with the fact that <laughs> that um, that they all came back, you know, with with some changes. Hopefully, well, some more than others, but <laughs> but this next week is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. We're going to get to see those deliveries in action. Mm-hmm. And, but and we'll get to that, see more of the changes that they made to the one, you know, the ones that didn't reveal yes. the car. So we'll get yes. to see some of the actual changes. And how how they'll perform, which by the way, just remembered, Mercedes also had some issues. Right. right. With, uh, so do you want to get into the yeah. news and the rumors? Because I feel like that's that's where we're getting to now. You know, it's the week before preseason, and I feel like we've heard a ton of rumblings from all of those shakedowns and just reports within, you know, Formula One, the organization. And we wanted to kind of break it up by team. So let's go ahead. We'll start with Mercedes because they had some issues. Some engine issues. Couldn't get it started. Right. So not what you want to happen, want to happen on your first uh, outing in the car. Right. So I have it here. Hamilton reports useful findings after the Mercedes W14 hit the track for its shakedown at Silverstone. Hamilton said, the day has been smooth. We've got through a good program and we've come away with some useful findings. I generally felt comfortable in the car and I'm excited to get to Bahrain. Apparently, those useful findings were that the engine was was not firing correctly. So they apparently have sent the car back for repairs. That's about as far as he got. Uh, We might want to get the car going before I can give you any more information but no I'm sure they'll get all that taken care of I mean it's Mercedes you know um I'm sure it was something minor that they can fix easily um because you know they they're usually pretty good and on top of things like that so right well Toto Wolf also was reported saying that Mercedes will be on pace in 2023 but not right at the start he said that they expect some changes in the first few races and you know, we'll have to wait and see. This could be some rumors swirling around and may or may not be true. We'll Yeah, we'll I don't know wait. about that. I mean, I don't, you know, I know he says that maybe the first three races and stuff, but I think I think they're they're going to go out there and definitely be competing with with, you know, at the top, whether it's Red Bull or who knows or who knows who, but um yeah. I think I think they'll go out and get a good start this season compared to last year. 
Yeah, I definitely think they will. You know, last year I felt like was tough on them. They weren't really prepared for the 2022 season. And they had said that they were, you know, looking forward to 2023 mm-hmm. before the 2022 season had even started or ended. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be more prepared and they already sound more positive with everything. So I think they'll have a better, definitely a better start than last year. Right, right. So I have some more Mercedes news. Uh, did you hear about Schumacher and some of the rumblings that he has been saying in interviews? I have not. Okay, so <laughs> Schumacher said, you know, obviously he's spending the year with Mercedes as a reserve mm-hmm. driver, but he already has his eyes set on 2024 season. He says, with the results I've shown in the junior categories, but also in F1, I'm sure there will be opportunities. Over the winter, a few people have already mentioned that there is interest. So in that sense, I'm not too worried. Who do you think has been contacting him? I'm not sure. Um, well, I know that he is also, so he's the reserve driver for Mercedes, and he's also going to be for McLaren. So, McLaren, right. Um, I just, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't think McLaren would be, you know, they have Lando and then they have right. like, their new driver. So I don't see that. I don't think happening. he fits their driver profile, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I'm not sure who it could be. Yeah. But that's exciting. That makes me happy, you know, for him to possibly be, ba- be back next year. Yeah. For I think me, he deserves I, another chance for sure. Yeah. If I had to guess, I would think maybe, maybe an Aston Martin. That's what I was going to say. Fernando Alonso, you know, he's getting up there in age or Lance Stroll. Maybe he's not performing mm-hmm. and maybe he'll finally just say, okay, that's what I'm done. But yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe that or Alfa, Alfa Romeo, Romeo, maybe. Oh my gosh. We said it at the same time. <laughs> you know, especially with Audi coming in in a yep. couple of years, they could be thinking about that already. So. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'm glad he has some options lined up. I would love to see him back on the grid. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we have some more Mercedes news, though. <laughs> you know, with all of the Formula One regulations, you know, they have a gag order now. So they're requiring drivers to submit formal applications before they make any sort of political statements during the races. What do you think about that? Um, Hamilton recently came out and said, I'm not changing anything in the way that I speak my my truth or whatever it is that he wants to to say on track. He's going to say it, and apparently Toto Wolf is supportive of that as well, and so is George. Of course. Um, so I see this like two different ways. So I understand that they want to, you know, maybe have things be more formal. You know, what are you going to talk about? Like they just want to know what's going to what what's going to be said, you know, what shirt's going to be worn to be prepared. Right. And I've seen a lot of the drivers or a few of the drivers like Botas, I know said something um, like that. They're trying to keep them quiet and things like that. And I don't think that's the case because on their own, you know, they can go and say anything that they want. I think they just want to maybe have more control over how it's presented, especially live on TV and, um, you know, they need, I feel like they kind of need to remember that they're separate than Formula One, the FIA. Um, and so I don't see a problem with them talking about or supporting anything that they wanted to on their own. Like, you know, after the race, you can get on Instagram and start saying all you want, right? If you don't agree right. with um, what a country that you're in is doing or And or social media that, is not on the restriction list for this particular Mm-hmm. So that's being yeah. So I I don't think it's as far as like they're making it out to seem where they're trying to keep them quiet and and not give their opinion on things. So um, I don't know. I mean, I I think the FIA has to be really careful with this because what if somebody comes along with an unpopular opinion or you know or right. thought and they go and support something that maybe the rest won't right something that's not as popular with the fans or something like that. And then what are they going to do? Oh, well, you're not allowed to say something. Yeah. Right. But then other people are going to get upset and it's just, they, you know, you just always have to be careful with that because you're always going to make somebody upset. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly. Um, 
Domenicali says that, you know, they will continue to support the freedom of drivers to speak. He wants drivers to speak out in the right way with no harm onto others. So I, I can understand it. I know it's a gray area. You know, it's it's how do you do it the right way while also giving freedom to the people who are part of your brand. You never want to shut anybody's opinions out or, you know, that. But I think that they want some sort of clarity as to what exactly everyone is supporting so that they know that it's not controversial and not going to put them in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And I also feel like you don't want something or, you know, for Formula One, you want the focus to be on Formula One, you want racing, you know, the drivers themselves and their performance and not be over, have it be overshadowed by something else that's happening in you know, in a different location in another country. And like, now that's all we're talking about versus races and team performance right. and things like that. So. Right. I think the, the only, you know, flip side to that is that drivers want to be allowed to, they want to be allowed to express themselves in the way that they want to. And I can see how that's frustrating for them. So we'll just, have to see, you know, this season, how everything plays out and what, what they end up doing as, as a result of some of these drivers taking a stance on political views. But anyway, so that's that on that. Let's move on, shall we? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So next up we have Alpine and they hit the track with their new F11 Challenger, the A. The A523, sorry, I I was reading AS. (laughs) The A523 at Silverstone on Monday, leaving the French driver Gasly encouraged about its potential after his initial running. I mean, I don't think he would say anything different (laughs) than that. You know, it's his... (laughs) (laughs) He's the new guy there. He wants to keep everybody happy. No complaints yet. So, but yeah. um, they did make some changes to the car, uh, so maybe that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah, changes to the car, including the minimum weight. They are reportedly under the minimum weight of 798 kilograms, which means they are free to add ballast to improve balance. Now, I was looking at what that is. Essentially, it's you know you're under the the weight that's that's you know, required for your car and you use ballast as a balance mechanism to help improve the, the weight management in the car whenever you're driving it. So I thought that was really interesting. They can actually focus on that as opposed to focusing on taking weight off of the car. Mm-hmm. So they can add things to help them with their performance and, and the driving on track and how it feels for the drivers. Right, right. Well, I don't know if you knew this. Have you heard anything about Ocon? Because apparently Ocon was not feeling so hot on the break. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about that feeling yeah. not so well during the break. Yeah, apparently he he was battling a sickness during the break, but he says, you know, he's feeling stronger than ever and he's ready to drive. I will be interested to see what his relationship with Pierre is going into the season. I've heard they've had scuffles here and there, like in the past. They are both French, so they come from similar backgrounds. But I I think I'm most interested to see their pairing this season as far as teammates are concerned. What do you think? Yeah, and they've said that everything's fine. You know, they get along. They have no beef between them. But so when I was watching the launch, there's just something like there's some tension there. Like it's just off. You know, they don't feel comfortable with each other. Which, okay, I understand, you know, if they did have some issues before, but I feel like there is still something there. Like, there's not yeah. that comfort level that other teammates have. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's going to be interesting to see how they get along, interesting to see what happens when they're actually in the races you know, are they going, is the strategy team going to favor one versus the other? I, I I don't know. You know, a lot of these teams have a 
designated, you know, top driver mm-hmm. in their team. And I feel like these and two are pretty equal. So they are. I feel like they've they've shown up enough, you know, points, enough podiums to prove that they're both capable of handling, you know, a first driver scenario. But I think they're gonna be fighting for it this year. So yeah, maybe they're just feeling the tension. And Ocon has a record of crashing or bumping into his teammates. So <laughs> If that happens this year, um, we'll see how that relationship <laughs> grows because, yeah, yeah they're not well, going to be happy with that. In the instance that one of them isn't feeling well, they do have Jack Doohan, who was just recently signed as Alpine's reserve driver for 2023. And this marks the next milestone in this Australian's career. You know, after last year, he did some tests and some practices and... I think he he's ready to step up as the reserve driver if they need him. So it's a new news item for y'all. Mm. Do you know anything about him? I do not know. I don't either. I guess we're going to have to do our research yeah, offline. Start. Yeah, because now we're going to get all, you know, all, all the reserve drivers from last time. Now they're like coming out onto the grid or the test drivers. So now we're getting right. some new guys. Um, we need to do some little background checks on them. Yeah, you guys for sure. Especially if they do happen to go out um, and do some some runs. Well, that's all we have on Alpine. Do you want to move to Ferrari? Yes. Let's go to Ferrari. What have you heard? (laughs) So things are looking very positive at Ferrari, which I think is a good sign, especially with Fred uh, Vassour coming in. Um, And instead of going in there and just saying like, oh, you know, this person's at fault or these are all the problems that we're having. I feel like it's it's been a really good transition. And... Mm -hmm. Just very positive, very calm. You know, yes, I understand, you know, mistakes were made and changes need to be done and we're going to take care of it as a team. There's no blame being put on one single person. Right. He was quoted saying that. Yeah. So I think that's really nice, um, the transition that has happened. So it makes me feel like, okay, well, the team might be in a better, like they might be working better together now and which will give them a better year. Because I feel like right. the past couple of years, it's just, there's always something going on. You know, there's always talk about, yeah. oh, behind the scenes, something's going on at Ferrari or this person, you know, is having issues with this person. So maybe he's going to come in there and just like keep everybody calm, keep everybody together and yeah, and make things work. And and there's also a lot of good, good news coming out about the car. Yeah. So speaking of like last year's car, you had made that that point about, you know, the switch from last year to this year. I, I did see a quote recently from Carlos Sainz that was really interesting. You know, he has adamantly rejected claims about last year's Ferrari evolving more towards his driving style. Uh, he recently was quoted saying, you know, this is what I'm going to say and say very openly. An F1 car does not develop towards one driver or the other. The car develops to be quicker and develops on the weaknesses it has. And it's my job as a driver to give indications of where the car is weak. It is contrasted with the data and I give the feedback. So I think he is ready to just dismiss any claims that for whatever reason, last year's car was leaning more towards his driving style. And he's just really focused on this year ahead. So I thought that was interesting. And then on the Leclerc side, He also has had a couple of rumors surrounding him. I'm sure you've heard there are some rumblings that (laughs) um, Mercedes has been approaching him for potential links when Hamilton leaves, and he is just fully focused on Ferrari, he said. Yeah, I was a little surprised, kind of surprised with that rumor about him, you know, already in talks with Ferrari in the future, just because I feel like. He, I mean, he's like, you know, Ferrari's golden boy. Like, he's not going to leave until he wins with Ferrari. You know, he wants to bring them that championship that they haven't had in so long. You know, that others have tried. Other championship winners have tried and haven't been able to do it. So, I mean, what an accomplishment that would be, right? If he could be the one to bring it. But it's also not surprising because if Ferrari continues a year or two with these same results that they've had. Right. I mean, it just makes sense that he would say, no, I'm wasting my career here. Yeah. He's so. a competitor. He wants to win. He wants to be in a car that's going to win. 
And so if another team has the car, I, I don't see why he wouldn't at least entertain the option. So I, I think I don't think there's anything to this per se, but I also don't think that in the future, if he feels that Ferrari isn't putting up the car that he needs, yeah. that he wouldn't look into other options. Yeah. And if they don't make the changes with reliability, with the strategy, with all of those things, then he would definitely look somewhere else, I think. But um, like I said, he has a relationship with Fred. And so I think this is a, it's a good move. It's a good move for him. Hopefully he, this he is feels his comfortable year with him. So I think if it would have still been Mattia there, then, you know, <laughs> I don't think yeah. things would have been going as well. But now with Fred there, I feel like this is, this is a good change. I think so too, hopefully. Well, as far as the new car is concerned, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there's been some reports that Ferrari has the, now what is it called? It's called a slot gap separator. Have you heard about this? They are apparently allowed to run the front wing design that Mercedes was not allowed to run in 2022. Apparently Mercedes brought a revised wing to the Austin race, which included five strikes on the front wing to help modify the airflow. And teams felt like it was a breach of a specific article 398 of F1 technical regulations that limit such components to deliver an aero boost. So apparently the rules this year have been changed where they are allowed to, I guess, have this on their front wing. Yes. And any other team could have it on their front wing. So I wonder right. if Mercedes is going to want to use it or if maybe they have scrapped it and they're like, oh, now that's not going to work with, with our current car. So um, right. obviously Ferrari thought it was a good idea and that it would work for their car. So we'll see what improvement that brings to them. Right, right. Well, aside from that, we have some Haas news. It's just a little quote from Gunther Steiner. You know, we always love hearing from him. <laughs> yeah, especially as we lead up to, you know, this new season of Drive to Survive, you know, that he's going to be all in the news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he will talk more about his opinions on Drive to Survive with these new current teams that are wanting to join F1. But they reported him saying that he sees absolutely no upside for current teams in expanding the F1 grid, which, you know, obviously that's him taking a stance on the Andretti rumors and whether or not we're going to have a new team join in the, the next few years. And he seems to be on the side that is not wanting to expand. Yeah, he's standing by it. He hasn't been very... Yeah, he hasn't been on the side of Supported. wanting Andretti to come. So, Yeah, not a surprise there that he came out and just said it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all we have for Haas. Williams is coming out with a documentary. Have you heard about this? I haven't. I haven't heard it. <laughs> okay, so You're, they you are, got all the news on uh, new TV shows, new documentaries. I'm here for it. I'm here. I am a, I am a content queen. I will... <laughs> I will update y'all on anything that's coming out on TV. So um, the documentary is called Untold Story, and it essentially goes through the highs and lows of the 2022 season. They haven't come out with a release date yet, but it is giving Drive to Survive, but for Williams. Mm -hmm. Like they want to tell their own story. They want to put out their version of the season, so... Yeah. Are you going to watch? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> want to see what they have to say. And is it is it going to be on Netflix, did you say? It's, I'm not sure, actually. It didn't say it on the, the announcement that they put on their Instagram. It was just a photo of a pit stop with the title of the documentary. So I'm not sure if it's coming out on Netflix or not. I would assume probably like a Netflix or maybe a, a prime, something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think that would be really interesting to see their version of the story, you know, of their season and everything that they went through and all the changes that they've had to do. I'm sure they'll, you know, go back a little bit more um, to the previous years and like, right. talk about what led them to where they're at now because, I mean, they had some pretty low points, so I feel like they've they've come a long way in the past few years. Yeah, so... 
with that, we can move on to McLaren. Unless, have you heard anything else about Williams? No, not really. Nothing. Okay. So McLaren has reached an agreement with Aston Martin. Have you heard about this? The reserve reserve drivers? drivers, Yes. They're going to be sharing reserve drivers. um, Stoffel Van Dorn. Yep. And the other one? Felipe Drogovic. To me, that's interesting given the fact that aren't they also using Mick? Yeah. So I think it's, I find it interesting how they, one driver can be reserve driver or test drivers for other teams. Right. I don't know. I I I would think you would want your own driver, not going to other teams and, and experiencing other, you know, other things from them. So. Yeah. Well, isn't that kind of what happened with, who was it? Is it Oscar? Oh no, it was Nick DeVries, right? Nick DeVries was yes. a reserve driver. Yeah. And then it for caused all t- that confusion and no, it was Oh um, no, that was Piastri. Um, Oscar pa- Piastri. Piastri, yeah, yeah Piastri. Yeah. yeah, he was he was the reserve driver for Alpine, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he drove he, went, he drove for McLaren, um, Mercedes, even Williams and Alpine. So that I think just causes a lot of confusion in certain situations. Right. But it seems like it's becoming more common. Yeah. I wonder if if it's in part due to the reserve drivers, not wanting to commit to one team and being able to open up their options to joining other teams or not being tied down to a contract with just one team. Cause then they could just be stuck there for who knows how long. Right. Right. Well, the, McLaren has a reserve driver that is, I, I don't have, I don't remember his name right at this moment, but he apparently is going to be racing in other events at the beginning of the season. So he's going to be almost unavailable for them. And I think that's why they were reaching out to, you know, other teams to potentially use theirs. In, to have a, in the a reserve driver for the reserve driver. Right. <laughs> So that's what I've heard there. Have you heard anything else about McLaren? Mm, the only other thing I've heard is little rumblings, uh, gossip per se, um, of Lando Norris supposedly being approached by Red Bull. Okay. That's interesting. Do you think there's any truth to that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That would be an interesting um, pairing, Max. I'm I'm gonna assume it's not to replace Max, but <laughs> it could be. But Max and Lando, that would be an interesting pairing. Yeah, I think this is mostly just smoke and mirrors. I don't believe this for a second. But yeah, neither do I. I think Red Bull Red Bull would probably go with Daniel first. Right. They have such such a good lineup of drivers. Like why would they need I think I think there's an appeal to Lando Norris and that is that you know that he is this amazing driver. He's young, he's ready to drive in one of the the better cars to actually go for championships. I think he has that championship caliber driving skill, but he just doesn't have the car and so I think a lot of people are just they're dreaming or hoping that Lando can get to that point where he has a car that can win him championships. Yeah. Because when he came in, I mean, that's what everybody was expecting. He was, everybody was talking about how, what a great driver he was. And I think he showed it in the beginning. And then now I think he's just kind of stuck. There's not much else that he can show that he can do with that car. that they have. Right. Right. Well, for now, I think he's sticking with McLaren. That's my opinion, but we will, I'm sure, have more development in the future with drivers switching around in the next couple of years. You know, it happens every year, so we'll see. So last up, I have some, we have some breaking news. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It had just hit as we were starting this podcast. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Martin it? Martin breaking news with um, Lance Stroll. So apparently he was in a minor cycling accident and will not be taking part in testing this week so it didn't say what happened what what he injured but um hopefully he'll get better soon 
and um, it didn't say anything about who, how they're, what they're going to do to replace him or who's going to be doing the testing um, in place of him. So. Right. Very unfortunate, I will say. I feel like this, it's, I feel like Stroll just needs the experience. He needs to be in the car more. You know, he's not a top driver. He doesn't have the same skill as most of the people on the grid. In my opinion, he is not up to par. And I feel like he's going to struggle not being able to be a part of preseason testing and really getting his his feet behind the wheel, his hands behind the wheel and feet behind the brakes and just being able to feel out the car more before the season starts. I think it's going to it's going to be a a tough start to the season for him. I agree. And I feel like he 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 gets too comfortable, I feel like. And I think it's the fact that he is with a team that like his dad owns. And so he just has that comfort level of I don't have to do too much. You know, I know that I'm going to have the seat next year. So, you know, and now with this, I think that's that's going to be a setback for him. I think so. And, you know, especially when you're having to compete against your teammate, one of the best drivers on the grid, it's going to show Mm -hmm. his skill level is not up to par. But here we are. And, you know, he's missing preseason testing. So hopefully he can get in and get some work done once he's feeling better. We'll see how long how long that takes. Hopefully he won't have to miss um, the start of the season. Right. Like I said, they didn't mention, well, last we had checked, they hadn't mentioned what, what exactly happened. Um, so March 3rd, right? Yeah. Starting day. We're getting close. So I have one more little news story here. Uh, it's about Pirelli. Have you heard about they have uh, apparently created a new compound for this year? So Pirelli picks as you know, three compounds to be used at each event, depending on, you know, weather and track conditions. This year, they've added a sixth option to the mix. The softest is the C5, and the hardest is the C0. Last year's C1 became C0, so they didn't have a C0 last year. This year, the C1, the new C1, is an all-new product between the C0 and the C2. So just giving them more options, more tire options for the races. And I think that it'll be beneficial to the drivers and the teams. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I like that. So I'm going to be honest. And this whole went, so they used to have a different um, tire selection, right? So it used to be like super soft, soft, mediums, hard. Like they had a whole lineup of tires. And then they changed it to this C1, C2. And it's like every race are like, well, the soft one is, Last time it was the C2, but now it's the C3. And it's like, it's just confusing, it's confusing. to me. Like, yeah. you know, like if it's the softest one, just keep it like C2 will be softest always. Right. And then, and then not changing it every time. So um, there's my rant on that, that they need to go back to just going yeah. soft, super soft. They, they even had ultra soft at one time. Like it was like five or six tires. But um, yes, I do like uh, that they're going to have another option because I did find that when they went, and also this goes back to maybe me not understanding now the the C, the lineup of the tires, but I feel like Mm -hmm. it's always just soft, medium, hard, right? And nobody ever uses the hard. It's always like medium, soft. So I like that we're going to have another option to see how that that mixes things up because the tires um, options are always, um, the strategy is always makes it good. Yeah. Going on the right tires or the wrong tires and Oh yeah. It's it is the the main focal point of most of the Mm -hmm. drama I feel like that (laughs) happens on the track. Yeah. Uh well speaking of drama, I actually uh that wraps up our news, but I did want to say I forgot to say earlier that I watched that Beyond All Limits on F one, the F one app. They have F1 TV app. They have a new little, I don't know if it's new, actually. I think it's been out for a while, but Will Buxton had suggested it as one of his top picks for, you know, shows to watch on F1. 
And I watched it. It's like a little mini series, three episodes, and it goes over the 2021 season with the rivalry with Max and Lewis. And it was really interesting. I don't feel like I learned much new, but I remember I, I, I got reminders of how incredible that season was and just how unique it is that you can have a you know, two drivers fighting for the championship up until the very last lap. It yeah, was that's, that's the best way to have a, a season is waiting till till the end. You know, I don't like when they win and you still have four races to go. Like I think it's yeah. so much more exciting when you have to wait. And and imagine if we had even like another driver, you know, not just the two. Like when we or whenever it comes that we're gonna have like three, four guys fighting you know, till the very end, I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I think up until this point, the 2021 season ending was historic. It was amazing. And I'm just waiting for another season like that. But like you said, with two or with two or three other competitors going in and trying to win at the very end. And it's it's upon us yeah. because we testing just want is more stress this week. for ourselves, you know. <laughs> like we don't have enough stress already watching the. Videos. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's testing week. You know, it starts Thursday. I cannot believe that it's already here. Then, Are you ready? <laughs> the start of the season. So, how do we watch? Do you know how to watch preseason testing? It's is it on? Probably on F1 TV. Okay. So. I don't remember last year how I actually watched it. I think it, I think you're right. I think it was up on TV. So everyone get your apps up to date, get your subscriptions mm -hmm. ready Figure because your schedule. <laughs> yes. I will be spending my $70 a year for my, <laughs> for my subscription. <laughs> yes. So they're going to have, um, they're going to have two testing slots. So they're going to have the AM and then the PM. And I think the um, list has come out of who's going to be testing at what time. So that's all we know as of now, it's just that they're going to have their AM, their PM, and... Right. And last year, didn't they have preseason in Barcelona as well? Um, I, I think they did. That's where it normally was, and I, I think last year they split it up, and now right, this year it's only... It's in Bahrain. Because they realized, I think it was right, because they realized that Bahrain was... That, you know, that's the first race of the season, and it gives them a better indicator of how their car will drive throughout the year. Yeah, and also, I guess I think it doesn't make sense to go to one location and then take everything to another location. Right, and then logistically. the start of the season is within one more week, so that's, that's a lot of traveling to do. Might as well right. just keep it in one location. Right, right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Did you want to talk about what we have in store for everyone next week? It's a big week in Formula One. Yeah. So for next week's episode, we're going to be talk going over Drive to Survive because we'll have watched the full season, I'm sure, by then. <laughs> but we'll be going over a couple episodes. If my husband lets me. <laughs> and then we'll um, talk about the other episodes on the, the next um, podcast. Um, and also we'll be going over testing. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about that. Um, and, yeah. then and then we're, we're going to go have our predictions for yes. the season. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to lie. I already have like my top, my predictions already set. <laughs> I think if I'm going to wait, you know, to tell you guys until after the preseason testing, but I mean, there might be like a change or two, yeah, but I'm you never sure. know. You might change. Like I changed with the livery, <laughs> my top three liveries. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's, Anything could happen, I guess, uh, in the next week, with which would, you know, veer my ideas one way or the other. But, uh, well, uh, did you see, actually, I was going to pull up the, the titles for the Formula One, I mean, for the Drive to Survive episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they released the episode titles. There's yeah, I thought that eight was really episodes, interesting. Right? There are 10 episodes. So I have the names here of each episode, and based off of the name, I'm interested which one you're most excited to watch. So episode one, New Dawn. What do we think that's about? <laughs> A new dawn. 
maybe a Red Bull just takeover this year. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe another team possibly doing a take taking things over this year, but yeah. Uh, second episode bounce back. I think that could be about Mercedes. Yeah, I agree. And then third episode, like father, like son. I think it's a Haas. <laughs> that one is has to be about Mick, right? That's yeah. what I was thinking. Episode four, matter of principle. I think could this be like a principle? Yeah, principal some drama between the team principles. You know, you can't have a season without that. Yeah. Okay, next up, episode five, hot seat. Who's on the hot seat? Mm. Who's on the hot seat? Maybe a Perez. Maybe he's not performing well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's it's Lance Stroll. (laughs) (laughs) He needs to be put on the hot seat and get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Episode six, pardon my French. Oh, well. Got to be Alpine. Alpine related, Pierre related, Ocon related. Episode nine. I'm sorry. Or, hey, episode... or it could be Gunther, you know. <laughs> oh, Gunther, yeah. We could always have a full episode of Gunther. Yeah. Episode seven, nice guys finish last. What do we think that's about? Uh, Nick Latifi? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was, he was a nice guy, right? And he yeah, definitely I, finished I, last. It, yeah. Um, or like a or a Danny Rick. Yeah, poor Danny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that they're they're definitely gonna talk about his season. Right. Uh we have episode eight, Alpha Male. Ooh, Alpha Male. Mm-hmm. Alpha Male. Oh. Maybe. And then episode nine, over the limit. I don't know. <laughs> Who would that be about? <laughs> Over the limit. Okay. And then episode 10, end of the road. End of the road. Well, it's got to be, you know, the final race. Yeah. Final race. Maybe oh, Seb. I know. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what it could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it, maybe it has to yeah. do with Seb. They have to do an episode on him. Oh, they have to. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but What's what are you most excited to see in Drive to Survive? So, I feel like there's I'm gonna tell you what I don't wanna see. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I don't want well, I do want to see real storylines, right? I don't want like right. drama. Big drama, you know, like let's say Pierre and Charles when you know they're like practically best friends, you know. I wanna see like the real stories and the real interaction between the drivers and stuff like that. Um, also I don't want, I don't want it to be, so I noticed this a lot last year. They would go back and forth. So like one episode, they were at one, one race, right? And then Mm -hmm. the next one, a different one. And then the next two races, they would go back to the same race that was like two episodes ago. Like it just felt very repetitive to me. Right. You need to do either one episode, like focus on different events but that happened at that race instead of us going back and forth back and forth right Um, because then it just feels repetitive and then I also I want to see actual stories I don't want to see just I don't want it to feel like just a recap of the races which I felt like in a few episodes last year they did that a lot like I felt like I was just watching an hour long recap of a race because they don't have enough like I guess enough interviews or enough behind the scenes footage Right. um, And I don't know, maybe like the last two years with COVID and stuff, they weren't able to. And maybe that's why that's the result that they got. So I'm hoping this year they'll have some better storylines and some more interviews and behind the scenes. Well, reportedly, Max gave a hour long interview to. I saw that. He only did about 30 minutes to an hour. And I know that he he wasn't very happy with Drive to Survive. So um, he actually did give them an interview and he already said, I hope they use it well. So <laughs> he'll be watching for sure to see how they use his words. And we're going to have to pay right. attention to see if they use it accurately or how yeah, they use I, it to create any drama. I think Toto Wolf was also reported saying that, you know, he he feels that they they have the ability to twist the storyline a little too much and 
I agree. I really just want to see what I didn't see on the track. Yeah, I don't I'm think really... we need those fabricated storylines or, you know, stuff going on between the drivers that really isn't because it's it's already such an exciting sport, right? And then there's right. just so much behind the scenes that you could get of the drivers and their life that we don't need that. So right. I'm hoping this year will be better. Yeah, I think one specific thing I would like to see is I want to see a firsthand look at Charles's frustration with the Ferrari team last year. I think we all felt it. We all saw it. We all were like, what the heck is going on? Oh, yeah. Get it Things together. Things were not okay. You could tell. No, it was not okay. And he was not okay. And I think Carlos also was not okay. But I want to see the the truth behind that. I want to hear I, I'm sure that he will choose his words wisely when it comes to interviews, but I just want to see the firsthand reactions, you know, after the races, was he closed off? Was he, you know, in the, in the strategy room, was he taking part in a lot of this stuff, like trying to make some of the changes in the background? I want to see all that. Yeah. And the thing, the thing is though, Ferrari, they're pretty, they're pretty private. So Yep. You know, there's a lot that we don't see. There's a lot of things that they keep secret. So <laughs> it will be nice to see it. Hopefully a little something more. Yeah. And I, that happened. yeah. And I definitely think that, that I want to see, I'm trying to think what else I want to see. I would like to see, you know, with these new drivers coming this year, one thing that I, I would have liked to have seen, which I don't know if they're going to highlight this in season five, but the new drivers and how they ended up where they are, like what opportunity, how the opportunities came about, you know, a little behind the scenes of those conversations and how it changed their life, you know, being recruited by a Formula One team last year and being able to prepare for this season. I mean, Obviously, we won't see anything about this season with the new drivers coming on the grid, but I think it it would be interesting to see kind of the the back end. Of yeah, it'd all be nice, that. like if they would have taken you know the reserve drivers and interviewed them and gotten a, like to see part of their life and what they go through every day being in that position. Because I know that some of the drivers in the top teams, you know, it's not as easy to get interviews from them and get the time from those teams. So I feel like they should maybe focus on on that end and show people what it takes to get there. And, right. what, you know, all like it's not just about being the number one driver. You have to show or you should show um, everything else and all the other layers and all the other people in the team. This is well, such a good, a good idea. idea. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, look at us. We're like producers of the show. Go ahead and hire us, Netflix. And And now, I mean, if they would have. They would have thought about this. <laughs> they could have had, I mean, we have three drivers, three new drivers that a lot of people don't have that background on. Like they don't know anything about them. So I feel like they need to already start expecting like, hey, we have these, these young guys. We need to start getting them out there so that people get to know them. And so Even that way, Joe once Juan they you, are. Like, we don't know anything about him either. Like, there's just a lot of drivers, I feel like, the, the younger ones especially coming in that it's. They're an anomaly. Yeah. So. so. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, oh, and I guess I do want to see. I'm like, I guess I do want to see something. <laughs> yeah, I want to um, see. I want to hear. <laughs> I, of course, um, like Sev's goodbye, right? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, stories about that. But also Nick, because like we talked about him earlier, I feel like he had a really, really tough year. And um he had like people had this expectation from him because of his dad right and right. um i've seen him in in other races like i watched the world race of champions and he's a really good driver so i want to see how why what happened that gave him such a bad season last year was it just him not being comfortable was it things going on with the team you know was it gunther like um, I don't know if you remember, but there, I don't know, it was last year or the year before that even his, his seat wasn't right. 
like his seat mm-hmm. was crooked when he was in the car, like just little things like that. So I wonder if how that affected him. And so I'd like to know, you know, more behind the scenes on that. And yeah. Because, he, you know, he just seems like such a nice guy, you know, so polite on his interviews um, from what we see, the few that we see on, you know, on race day. So I'd like to see more of what happened um, with that and him and Hans. Mm-hmm. And and, then, and, no. and now with him being in Mercedes, I bet that is going to be a That's huge difference for him. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I am very interested to see, you know, obviously with him being in Mercedes, he's going to be a lot more comfortable. I feel like he he really gets along well with, with Mercedes, just the team in general. Mm-hmm. I feel And like I think Toto they're going to just take him under their wing more and like right. teach him more. I feel like with Haas, he didn't get that. They were just like, get in the car, drive, right? Right. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, and another thing I just before we end the drive to survive, you know, wish list. <laughs> I would like to see George and Lewis and how their relationship has grown because I can tell they get along really well. At least from the outside is what it seems like. And so I would like to see, you know, a little bit of behind the scenes of how George has taken the opportunity of driving with Lewis as his teammate and going through such a rough year together, to me, I feel like that's gold. I'm, I just want to know how, what he learned, what he took away from that year, because it was a frustrating year for them. Mm -hmm. But I think it helped their relationship because they went through it together through those struggles versus one of them always being on top and the other one, you know, not doing so well. So I think the fact that they both struggled really helped their relationship and really helped like with the team, you know, getting to right. try and figure out what's going on. What can we change? How, how can we do this together versus Hamilton's doing great. And George is over there like, well, what do I do? You know, like <laughs> I need help. Yeah. So it, I think, yeah, that'd be a good behind the scenes story to see. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they have in store for us this weekend. I am so excited. It's going to be a great week. <laughs> it is. Are you excited? Yes, and we're going to have a lot to talk about, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to start my notes already. I can feel it. Oh, yes. It's going to be a great, great week of notes. I'm going to have a full three-page document probably for next week. (laughs) But it's been so much fun talking today and just updating on everything before preseason, and we are so excited to have you guys listening in. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast follow us on all of the platforms and show us some love that way we can you know really take this podcast to the next level maybe have some cool interviews next season and for now it is your girls allison and lynette taking it to to the track with our podcast information but um anyway we appreciate y'all so much and we will catch up with you guys next week all right and don't forget to head over to our Instagram and also let us know what you're excited to see on Drive to Survive um, and also let us know your predictions. And maybe we'll talk about um, the predictions that everybody has and how they compare to ours. Yes, I love that. Let's do that. All right, see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, bye. Bye.